The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. TIAA makes you a retirement promise, a promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life. Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay off. LinkedIn News. October is Dyslexia Awareness Month. According to the Mayo Clinic, dyslexia is a learning disorder. It occurs due to differences in some areas of the brain that help us process language. The conversation around dyslexia has really evolved a lot over the years. When today's guest was a child, there really wasn't even a word for it. But what was clear was that whatever it was these kids had was a problem. They struggled with language, with reading, with learning. This was something that needed to be addressed. Today, opinions about dyslexia are starting to change. People with dyslexia don't just see words in different ways. Scientists find that they see the world in different ways, leading to sought-after skills like creativity, problem-solving, leadership. And with that, dyslexic thinking is starting to emerge as a skill in its own right. More than 20,000 LinkedIn members have added dyslexic thinking as a skill on their profile. Still, this change in thinking is in its earliest stages. Research by LinkedIn and made by Dyslexia reveals that only 20% of UK dyslexics and just under 40% of US dyslexics feel like their workplace knows their strengths and hidden talents. So it stands to reason that we should hear from someone who has turned dyslexia into his own superpower. And our frequent guest and friend of the show, Richard Branson. I sat down with Richard a few weeks ago at the Virgin Hotel New York, of course, to talk about how dyslexia has impacted his life and his career. I'm Dan Roth, LinkedIn's Editor-in-Chief, and you're listening to This Is Working. Here's my latest conversation with Richard Branson. I think dyslexia was a blessing in disguise for myself, and I think actually dyslexia is a blessing in disguise for all dyslexics, even if they don't um, realize it when they may be struggling at school and listening to this, this program. I didn't know uh, that I was dyslexic and dyslexia, I don't even know, was invented uh, as, a, as a name when I was at school. Um, I would sit at the back of the class. I would uh, not understand particularly what was going on on the, on the blackboard. Um, and therefore, I spent the time plotting and planning um, a magazine at the back of the class to try to change the education system, to try to campaign against the Vietnamese War, um, uh, to uh, camp campaign against the Biafran War and wars generally, and 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 started concentrating on things I was interested in rather than the things that the school thought I should be interested in, and um, and ended up leaving school as a 15, 16 year old um, to fulfill, fulfill my education by actually running running a magazine, which is slightly strange for a dyslexic. But what I learned was the art of delegation from a very early on and I uh, got great, great people around me. And um, I was good at interviewing and, and they were good at sort of putting my words into, into prose. So did it, you make it sound like it was actually only beneficial then. You were able to focus on other areas. You found your superpowers. Was there anything where it held you back where you had to work around it? There were plenty of things that it held me back on. I mean, um, you know, I had to Watch my parents uh, read my um, my exam <laughs> my exam results, or, or watch my parents read read my school reports, and and, and they made un uncomfortable reading because it just looked like 
yeah, it look, looked like I was a pretty hopeless case at school. In those days, you didn't have extra help if you were dys dyslexic. Um, uh, but I think the, I think what I will say to anyone who is dyslexic or has dyslexic kids is, is yes, um, you know, get help to get some of the basics, um, right. Get an extra hour or two to get, get your English or, or anything that you, the particular thing you're struggling at. Um, but don't, you know, don't fret too much about it because, um, you look at, look at what you, what you are really interested in and concentrate on that and you're likely to excel at the things that you're, you're interested in. And, um, and I think we, I think we all in life, if we have difficulties in one area, we'll, we'll excel in another area and, and dyslexics, I think more, more so than most. It sounds like one key of this though, is being okay with being great at one thing and realizing you're not going to do something else. And it's finding that focus on the area that you're good at. So is that advice that you give to people? You don't have to be able to be great at everything. Absolutely. I'll give you one example. I mean, I built the sort of largest group of private companies in Europe. And, uh, and when I turned 50, we, we were having a board meeting and well, I, I asked a question, is that good news or bad news? And it was to do with some figures. And one of the directors took me out of the room and said, Richard, I've listened to you over the last few years. I don't think you know the difference between net and gross. And I said, no, I don't have no idea the difference between net and gross. I just want to know whether, you know, whether we made money or lost money at the end of the year. And so he said, well, look, I, I brought a bit of paper. And so he pulls out this bit of paper, he pencils the piece of paper in blue, and he puts a, a net in the, in the paper and he puts some fish in the net. And he says, Richard, what's in the net is um, your, your profit at the end of the year. And the gross, the, the C outside the net is the turn, is the turnover. And uh, I went, oh, got it, but uh, God, we're not making as much profit as the <laughs> So can't we make the net a bit bigger? Um, but um, ever since then, I will name drop net and gross and gross this, net this. Um, but I think that, you know, that's the case. That's the case. It, it, didn't, it didn't matter. I mean, what, mat what mattered was creating, you know, Virgin Atlantic's got to be the best airline in the world. Virgin Voyages has got to be the best cruise company in the world. Virgin Hotels has got to be the best hotel in the world. And, um, and if you create the best, then at the end of the year, your accountants who you can come, can come and do the figures, there'll be more money coming in than going out. And so my, my skill, I think, is knowing what people want and creating the best and not not having to worry about adding up the figures myself and, uh, and delegating that and and dyslexics have to become good at that. Uh, I've seen you talk about AI and AI's potential to be a great co-pilot for people with dyslexia. Can you explain what you mean by that? Well, I think already with uh, you know with Google with LinkedIn, you you can you can use tools at, if if you are dyslexic on the internet to. To help you, and I think with AI, even even more so. If you, it doesn't really matter whether you can spell or not. You've got device AI devices which will spell for you, and so uh, you know. So I think AI will be a wonderful way of overcoming pretty well any any kind of dyslexics problems. I mean, I think that if you think about what AI is good at versus what you were describing as being sort of dyslexic superpowers, AI can handle a lot of the raw information. But what you're talking about is the kind of bigger picture thinking that so far the AI is not doing as well. So dyslexics are perfect for the bigger picture thinking. I mean, that's what our, our skills are. And 
Um, so we can use we can use AI as a machine, which is what it is, and, and you know, giving us the facts and and doing our spelling for us, and then we can use our dyslexic um, superpower, which is our, you know our, our, our thinking to um, create things. We've talked a lot about how if you have dyslexia, managing your career and thinking about how you operate in the office. What should managers know about managing people with dyslexia? I think it helps for managers to know that somebody is dyslexic or somebody has ADHD. But as people as people get to uh, adulthood, uh, they will overcome a lot of the early issues that um, that um, affected them with dyslexia, and and they will be by then I think concentrating on the things that they're good at. And I think managers will find that um, that people who are dyslexic are likely to excel at, at, at certain things in the company that um, non-dyslexic people uh, can't excel at. Um, so they should seek out people who are different um, and tap into their superpowers. So you basically want to make sure that your employees are telling you if they are dyslexic and explaining to you what your superpowers are. If you are in a role, you want to go to your manager and say, hey, I'm dyslexic, here's what you can use me for, here's what you should be using me for, is that the idea? It should either come naturally or they could have a discussion with their team. But it, it, it ought to be fairly clear, fairly quickly, that somebody somebody is particularly good at in, in a particular area and the company should use them in that area to, um, uh, to excel. So let me flip this around. If you are coming up in your career, you're dyslexic, how do you discover what your superpower is? You make it sound so easy. You knew what you were good at and you were able to go after the things that you cared about, but there must be people who are just like, I'm not sure what I'm actually good at. I know I can't do this, but how do you discover what your superpower is? So I think from a pretty young age, you're going to know what, in, what interests you or, or what doesn't interest you. And, uh, and by and large, what interests people are, are, turn into their superpowers. You know, school reports might give an indication of what somebody, you know, what somebody is interested in and, and what they should what, what they should maybe concentrate on. And so I just, I'm, I'm a great believer in life. You should follow your passion. Um, and um, if your uh, passion is, you know, history and find modern day history and finding out what's, what's going on in Ukraine or why has Libya fallen apart? Is it the West's fault you know, that, you know, that, that they invaded Libya or was the dam gonna collapse anyway? Or, I mean, just it, it, there's just so many interesting things going on in the world that and just follow your passion, go, go searching. Great. Richard, thank you so much. Thank you very much. That was Richard Branson, founder of The Virgin Group. To learn more about Richard and his work, visit his LinkedIn profile and subscribe to his newsletter. Richard spoke about the potential for AI to unleash dyslexics to do big picture thinking by freeing them up from some of the more mundane tasks they might find difficult. ChatGPT has been in the world for a while now, and I'm wondering, if you're a person with neurodivergence, how is AI helping you? Or how do you expect AI to help you? What tricks or tools have you found to level up your work? Let us know on LinkedIn using the hashtag thisisworking. Or send us your voice. You can make a voice memo on your phone and email it to us at thisisworking at linkedin.com. Either way, you might hear your contributions on an upcoming episode. This is Working is a LinkedIn editorial production. Our production team includes Sarah Storm, Nina Melendez, Stephen Valdivia, Asaf Gidron, and Taisha Henry. Joe DeGiorgi mixes our show. Enrique Montalvo is our executive producer. 
Dave Pond is head of news production. Our head of original programming is Courtney Coop. I'm Dan Roth, LinkedIn's editor-in-chief. Be well and stay curious.